Welcome to the Bet with Chet podcast. I'm Kyle Fratelli alongside Alex Salvecchio, Brian Campbell. Here back with you for another week of NFL action reviewing week 18 of the NFL. And now we are full blast into the NFL wildcard playoffs with a lot of uh, intriguing matchups. They're all actually rematches from the regular season, which is interesting with how well these teams might know each other in these matchups. And it doesn't look like it's priced into a lot of these lines with a lot of uh, a few double-digit favorites in there. I'm sure that'll get Alex uh, excited a little bit. But um, we can kind of recap Week 18 a little bit first. First of all, how you guys doing? Doing good. Um, week 18, went 2-1 and one in Week 18, hit my best bet. Um, I mean, the game wasn't pretty, but the Dolphins did enough to cover that spread against the Jets, uh, Steelers, it was an easy one by far. That was my best bet. There was no doubt in my mind that they were going to get above 500 again. Uh, Jaguars were the only letdown for me on the week. Uh, kind of expected a little more out of them on Saturday night, but they got the win and still won the division. So we'll see them again this week. Got the win for sure. Um, yeah, good uh, week for you. I'm sorry, uh, you and Alex, kind of the Cowboys. I'm used to the Cowboys letting me down week to week. So. Uh, for them to <laughs> kind of let you down on those teasers. Uh, kind of used to that. So I feel your pain there. But, um, yeah, um, two in one week for me as well. Uh, the Rams, I felt kind of good about that. You know, early on in the game, had a good feeling they were going to cover. Obviously went to overtime and Seattle won by by a field goal. And then Detroit hit the best bet there as well. Um, you can kind of tell, you know, this Dan Campbell team is going to fight. And they've kind of taken on an identity kind of like, what those, you know, mid 2000s Steelers had, you know, where, you know, they're going to be tough. They're going to fight no matter what the circumstance is. And uh, I was just really impressed with how they came out, you know, no, knowing that they were eliminated on such short notice. And that's what ultimately kept me away from actually betting. I was really close to betting Detroit uh, money line. I, I was going to bet that money line. If, um, if the Rams won and I was going to take the points if um, Seahawks won. But then I just stayed away. It was kind of a last-minute decision. But that, that says a lot about Detroit moving forward. I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with next year, especially if they get better on the defensive side of the ball, which they did uh, you know, show improvement over the, the uh, second half of the season. So uh, that allowed me to hit my teaser as well with Kansas City uh, taking care of business against Las Vegas on Saturday. So, uh, Alex, rough week for you, man. Zero and three, and then that, and the Cowboys let you down there. Uh, talk to us about uh, your picks. This week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very surprised, and I really got it wrong. Cowboys, and and I didn't mind making them my best play. I really, you know, I I thought the logic was sound. You were more right than me. That I didn't realize that the Cowboys would kind of see that the Giants weren't really going to try against the Eagles. And I think that impacted the, like the effort that they gave. They just played so bad. I mean, they saved their worst for last. That was as bad as I've seen them play this year in any game. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but I thought they were just – it's almost like you would think Washington was a better team watching the game. Now, obviously, they're not. But, um, yeah, so I was just completely wrong side of that one. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, really, it's – you know, it's – I had a good regular season, profited in the black in the end, but the teasers, the big bets um, in real life, which is good. And now I'm just really gassed up for what I hope is a better wild card weekend this year than it was last year. You know, remember last year was the first time of these games, and it was really bad. Like, 
the Raiders Bengals was pretty good, and the other games were just terrible. I think we're going to have a better weekend. I think two or three of the games might be bad, but I think Bucks Cowboys could be close in the fourth. Uh, Giants Vikings certainly feels like a coin flip. Jaguars Chargers might be a close one. Um, so the potential for better games um, this weekend than last year. And uh, this is we settle into the new normal here, which is, you know, Monday night football of being a playoff week, a little bit different. Um, one of those two teams going to be on a short week against potentially a team either off a of bye or uh, against um, the Niners who play Saturday. So a two-day disadvantage or a potentially 12-day disadvantage, which seems kind of crazy. So interested and excited as all hell for my Giants, of course. But, you know, really it's just – you know, it's the playoffs now. Who's healthy? Who's not? That's big parts of it. Um, you know, big Wednesday for some of that information. And just, uh, I'm super. I'm just excited. Like, I love this time of year. Next weekend's like my favorite NFL weekend of the year. I love division weekend. It's always great. But uh, hopefully, I'd like to see this weekend get a little bit better because you have tri- a triple header on Sunday, and you have Monday Night Football, which is you know Brady against the Cowboys could be fantastic. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you touched on the uh, Monday night uh, scheduling, and uh, there's Crazy, a lot of diff- right? different opinions Crazy. on that. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. really get it. I mean, the NFL vouches for uh, player safety, but then, you know, obviously with how grueling the NFL regular season is for them to, you know, have some teams at a disadvantage on a short week. Well, not only that, player safety is one thing. They're bending over backwards to flip coins and play on neutral fields for the integrity of, like, the AFC championship game between Chiefs and Bills, but like a Cowboys, a Cowboys Niners divisional weekend game would be a two day disadvantage, and the Cowboys on a short week, like you know, it's just which way do you want it? You know, it's such, yeah. I mean that's a huge advantage for the Niners. You know, that's big. Yeah, if they get so you know we'll see how it all plays out. We don't know who's winning this weekend, so I don't want to you know assume anything. But either way, for either team to have a short week disadvantage. In a playoff grind tournament is crazy. Like it's just cra- objectively nuts. So, you know, that's the part of it I hate. Does anything else jump out to you guys from from last week, week eighteen? Like storylines going into the playoffs? Uh, impressive. Oh, I've got a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there, well, there's a, a few I would say. I thought, uh, you know, like you said, the Lions certainly put a like a stamp on their post on their week eight on season. You know, they did start very bad. Um, but certainly this to knock the Packers out for the Lions in, in just had to feel amazing in Lambeau. Like that's just a 10 out of 10 for them, uh, to build on going into next year. Um, you know, the, the way the Texans fought and the way the Colts let that one get away was kind of nuts. Um, and then they fired Lovey like four hours later. So that was kind of, kind of crazy to see, um, I guess the other storyline to me was just how when you watch the NFC games, you know, everything played out sort of to chalk and you saw teams efforts reflect that, you know, like the Eagles kind of knew if they didn't make a mistake, they'd win. So they kind of tightened up in the second half, you know, the Niners started slow against the Cardinals. The Cardinals just physically can't beat them. Like they just can't do it. Like that group of 30 can't beat the other group of 30. The Cowboys played a horrible game. So, you know, with everything playing out, I think you did have a little bit of playing out the string, getting ready for the next week. So that's what was interesting to me about the final week this year. It was like you almost saw teams' effort and 
you know, it's really impacted by like the perception of how other teams would do. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, you know, going back to the Cowboys, I think it's kind of like the, the, the bookends of their season. They started out so poorly. I, I would argue maybe that game against Tampa was worse against, uh, you know, the game against Washington last week. But, I mean, they're, they're right there neck and neck with each other. You know, with the Cowboys only putting up three points against Tampa in the opener, you know, Dak gets hurt. He throws multiple picks. And, obviously, he threw another, uh, you know, pick six in this game. So, it's just not playing good ball, but – you know, if there's a place where you want to back Dallas, it's off an embarrassing loss like they had. I mean, they they, they haven't lost two games back to back all year, uh, so they do they do tend to bounce back after an embarrassing loss. Like I think about that game against Green Bay where they 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 let up you know a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter. Jacksonville, you know th- those weeks after those games they both won. So not to say they're going to beat Tampa, but, you know, that, that's what the history has shown, at least this year of this version of the Cowboys. But I, I think it's just poor preparation. I think that was the main thing. I think they kind of just slept walk that game, didn't take it seriously. I mean, if you just think you're going to show up any week and, and you're going to beat an NFL team, you're, you're wrong. I don't care who it is. I don't care what point of the season it is. And I think uh, it was just poor, poor motivation, poor preparation. You got to put that on the coaches and the players. So uh, there's really no other way to, to put it. And uh, the way I stayed away from the game for that reason, and also Sam Howell is a rookie, but I didn't know what to expect from him, so I'm just not going to lay seven and a half when the Cowboys really knew subconsciously they couldn't benefit their playoff seeding with you know Philly playing their starters, the Giants resting their starters, and then the Niners you know taking care of a depleted Arizona team. So it, it, they probably all factored into the game. Go ahead, Campbell. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Two things that kind of stand out to me. Um, first, you have the top four paid, top paid quarterbacks in the NFL not making the playoffs this year uh, between Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. And then the other thing that How stood out Mahomes to me. How is Mahomes not in the top four? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has the biggest contract in the, in the sport, I thought. I guess I'm, I guess I'm wrong. Uh, it's probably backloaded. Uh, probably, yep. Um, and, but the other thing is the youth movement we have going on in the AFC. Uh, speaking of Mahomes, Mahomes is only 27 years old, but he's the oldest starting quarterback in the AFC this week. Yeah. So you're seeing, you're seeing all the young guys kind of stepping up and um, show, taking over the league pretty much. Yeah. A lot of interesting I have matchups. One. Oh, go ahead, Alex. No, I, just, I have one more. My, my other one was that, you know, the Jacksonville-Tennessee game that kicked the weekend off, you really saw Jacksonville show their age in that game, if that makes sense. Like, you really saw a young team there. You know, they played really tight. Could almost make a case, you know, that if it wasn't for Dobbs, basically just handing him the game in the fourth quarter on a platter saying, here, take it. Uh, they were going to lose, you know. The, the for three for three quarters, they they were getting outplayed. They were tight. They weren't playing their best game. Lawrence was certainly off a little bit. Guys were dropping passes. Um, Etienne was making bad reads in the zone. Um, I do wonder if they'll play a little better this weekend. But that was one where, like in the third quarter, I'm like, oh, Jacksonville's really playing like a team that has never been in a game like this before against a team that's always in games like this the last five years. So yeah, but they I mean- pulled it out, which is good. We got we kind of touched on it last week when we were going over that game, and I I think a part at least a part of my handicapping was 
Jacksonville's a young team. They haven't been in this situation before. Tennessee had the extended rest because they really rested their starters the week before against Dallas. So it was kind of like a mini bye week for them. And they came out swinging. You know, I mean, Tennessee easily could have won that game if they didn't fumble oh, yeah. on, the, on the last possession. I mean, Tennessee's winning that ball game with, with uh, Josh Dobbs, you know. But now yeah. it's kind of like the tables have turned where Jacksonville, I mean, if, if, if you want, we could just start with this game right off the bat. Yeah. Jacksonville has a little bit of an extended rest because they, they played on Saturday, so they get a full week. Chargers obviously played on mon- on Sunday, so they have a, a short week. And the Chargers played their starters into the third quarter, late third quarter, in a meaningless game against Denver. And you had multiple injuries to key players. Mike Williams, I think, had a back injury, and Joey Bosa, not sure what it was. I think it might, might have been a groin. But now these players are probably going to play, but are they going to be 100% now? So you, you kind of sacrificed – you know, key players in a meaningless game. Now you're on a short week. Now you have to go on the road again for the second straight week. And you're a favorite. So um, I'll, I'll just make my first play here. I'm going to take Jacksonville on the points here. I, I think they got Love the it. monkey They got the monkey off the back the week before. The pressure's off a little bit. I think, you know, Tennessee divisional game, that was, you know, and Tennessee had the advantage with all the extended rest. And now it's kind of like Jacksonville could just play with house money now. You know, their home, home playoff game. Chargers, uh, horrible DVOA run defense. Jacksonville loves to run the ball. So I think there's a big, big opportunity for Etienne to get a, to, have, to have a big day against his Chargers defense, uh, especially with Bosa now a little bit banged up. And we don't know how much, uh, you know, uh, or how effective Mike Williams is going to be in this game. Uh, so I know it's, it's kind of easy to say, oh, Justin Herbert's, you know, first playoff win coming up. But I think Jacksonville is going to win this game and uh, go on to play. Uh, for the following week in the divisional round. So I'll take Jacksonville plus two. Uh, what do you guys have in this game? We could start with you, Campbell. Campbell. Uh, Sphincter says what? All right, we will start with Alex. <laughs> all <right>. um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm with you all the way. I think, you know, um, you know what you said, where J- Jacksonville was – they're still young and inexperienced. They were young and inexperienced last weekend, but they saw sort of like a failure of a season. Like that would have kind of put a dent in their feel good vibes that they were having to end the year. And they, they live to tell about it. So it's almost like a new lease on life. And now that maybe they will be a little looser now that they're in this game. Um, and yeah, the Chargers have never been in it. So you're taking a team that's never been in this spot. Um, a quarterback you've never really seen in big games before on the road in their first big game as a program. And, and who knows how long, I don't remember the last time Chargers had a huge game. And um, yeah, I, I like the spot for Jacksonville. I don't think San, I don't think San Diego. I don't think <laughs> the Chargers deserve to be favored um, yeah. in this spot. I think, you know, Jags laying two would have made more sense to me. Um, so why not just take uh, Jacksonville? It's also, I don't know if you'll feel later, but a really nice teaser spot in here. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah, I like Jacksonville here. Um, for all the reasons to listen up, I'm also, um, as every, anyone who listens to this pod knows, and I say it every week, I'm not a Justin Herbert guy. So, can't wait to fade him in the playoffs. Campbell, so, we just uh, both picked uh, Jacksonville plus two. Uh, we wanted to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I can hear. I guess you guys couldn't hear me. Wow. Okay. We could not. No. Okay. You're back. That's what matters. All right. Sorry. I was having technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> I was saying in typical Belichick fashion, looks like oh. we have a head-to-head here. Here we go. Um, yes. 
I'm taking the Chargers minus two or whatever the spread is here. Yep. Um, last 15 games, uh, road favorites, 10 and five straight up. I see that happening in both cases this weekend, both Cowboys and the Chargers. 15 uh, playoff games? In the last 15 uh, wild card games. That there's oh, a, cool. Yeah. Road favorites right. are 10 and five straight up. So I see that happening again this week. I think the Chargers just have better talent. Uh, I think the only thing that might hold them back is coaching, but I think they have the talent to be able to overcome that. Uh, I think you're going to see, like uh, you pointed out last week, you could see the youth movement in Jacksonville kind of holding them back a little bit. I think that's going to kind of be the case again. You can make some rookie mistakes out there, and I think the Chargers – just have too much uh, for them to overcome any big mistakes. So uh, give me the charges here, minus two. Yeah, it looks like uh, Bose is going to be fine for this game. He uh, practiced in full today, but uh, Mike Williams did not. So that's something to definitely monitor as the week goes on. And Jacksonville is pretty healthy. You know, no major injuries there. Uh, just their center uh, did not practice today. So, uh, I guess we'll see what, what happens there. So l- a little bit of uh, cluster injuries on the offensive line for Jacksonville. But another um, reason why I lean Jacksonville in this game is uh, pressure rate. Jacksonville's top five in pressure rate, and uh, the Chargers are bottom ten in pressure rate. So Jacksonville does a lot better at getting to the quarterback, and uh, Chargers have had issues with that all year. But you know, then again, Bosa was hurt for most of the year too. So Bosa – is uh, pretty healthy now, and he might have a better impact on this game. But, yeah, I mean, um, good to have a first head-to-head for the first game here, and we could head to the next one, which is the other game on Saturday, uh, the earlier game, Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Seahawks are coming off of that close overtime win against the Rams, and then the uh, Niners coming off of that uh, blowout win over Arizona with the now uh, coachless Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, interesting matchup here. Obviously, uh, you know, divisional teams, they know each other very well. Uh, San Fran swept the, the regular season series uh, pretty handedly. Uh, blew them out in San Fran week two. That was the game that Trey Lance got hurt in. And Jimmy G came in and just kind of picked up uh, where he left off the, the year before. And then uh, you remember that Thursday night game that San Fran and Seattle played last month where uh, I think Alex and I were both on Seattle there. And, you know, they, they, ha- they had a chance in that game, but I think uh, Seattle had a key turnover there, and San Fran took advantage of that. That was Brock Purdy's first road start. And uh, he has been really, really impressive, very, very efficient since he's uh, taken over as starter. And, uh, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is looking to be the first uh, quarterback in NFL history to win a uh, Super Bowl title his rookie year, or just Mr. Irrelevant to win a Super Bowl title in, in the history of the NFL. So, a lot on the line for the Niners. We know all about them. We know how uh, much of a complete team they are. We know how Seattle kind of backed into the playoffs here. So a tough game to handicap. Um, I'm not going to bet it in real life. But, uh, you know, Brock Purdy's <laughs> – I keep wanting to fade Brock Purdy. I'm waiting for him to kind of regress and be like, oh, that's why he's a rookie. So um, hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to take the points here with Seattle. I, I think San Fran wins the game, but I think Seattle covers. Um I, I kind of like the motivation from Pete Carroll <laughs> with how they, they were asking him uh, today at the press conference. And he's kind of like, oh, you know, 
I, I forget the, the exact quote, but he said, you know, it's it's the Niners, you know, kind of like, oh, man, you know, we're going to lose kind of thing, uh, you know, playing the reverse psychology game. So that's probably the message he's sending to the team all week. It's like, oh, we're, we can't be the, the almighty 49ers, you know. <laughs> we just barely got into the playoffs. So I think they're going to use that as motivation. Uh, I think the Niners do win the game. They're just too good of a team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And Seattle's defense is pretty bad. But uh, give me the Seahawks to cover at plus 10 and the Niners to win. Alex, what do you got? No, I'm not with you on this one, Chad. I'm going uh, San Francisco here. Um, they can't beat the 49ers. That's accurate. Uh, to me, the Niners in this spot, um, you know, at home against Seattle. Seattle, these wild card rounds, and I do think you have to treat them this way, you know. This is only the second year the seven seed's gotten in. Last year, this game was just a bloodbath. Like, the Philly was down 30 nothing before you could blink. They were the seventh seed last year, I think. Um, I don't really anticipate much different here. San Fran's probably the best team in the NFC um, right now, at least. I think they're the, I, I think they're the odds-on favorite to make it out of the NFC, right, for the futures in the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, yeah right, right now it's yeah now it's San Fran, Philly, and then Dallas. I think still. Yeah. So you know, I I did kind of want to play the history game because you know the last time Seattle was in a no chance they can win spot, it was when they did beat the Saints with the miracle run and all that stuff. But I I just don't. So they were at home for that game. They're on the road for this one. Everything's kind of working against them. Besides the fact that San Francisco is just a lot better. Um, Geno Smith hasn't really been playing great ball the last few weeks. Seattle. Here's the other thing. They should have lost last week. They got very fortunate to win that game in the end. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and take San Francisco, lay the points. You're getting the better team. Feels like it would just be very surprising if the game's at six or so in the fourth quarter or seven. Like San Francisco hasn't played a game like that besides the Raiders, you know, in the last seven weeks. So taking San Fran, double digits don't scare me. If anything, it's just, you know, they're begging you not to take San Fran, but – this is probably the public side, I would guess, but go in San Francisco in this game. Lay the points. Who's they, Alex? Who, who, who is they? Well, uh, in what sentence did I say it? I've already forgotten all my points. <laughs> I've always wondered that. I was, you know, whatatever you say, that. I was saying, who is oh, the they? Book, oh, oh, they, the, you know, the bookmakers, you know, that. You know, they, you know, Vegas, when they spit out their little algorithm to get a 51-49 split and hope they win the 51 side, they, they think, oh, we need to scare people off of this game so we don't have liability on it. And let's make it 10 because if we make it 7, everyone will be on San Fran. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to fool me. This game's going to be 34-6. <laughs> I love it. Double-digit double heels back. Oh, yeah. I did my, I did my research coming in. Uh, to this week's podcast. Um, wow, that's a first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so for this game, is that even allowed? Say, hey, last twelve <laughs> game, last twelve games that a team was favored uh, nine and a half points or more. That team is twelve and zero against the spread. So I have no problem laying these points either. I'm taking San Francisco minus ten. Uh, defense is just too good, uh, and I mean Brock. Purdy, you're waiting for him to fade, but they got the type of offense that is not relying on him. They're putting him in a position to succeed. Like, they can pound the ball behind McCaffrey and Mitchell, um, open up the play action, check down to the screens. Like, 
he's doing all the right things, making the easy stuff look easy. Uh, San Francisco's just going to run away with this one, nice and quick. Going to be going to be a bloodbath type of game. So yeah, San Francisco minus ten. Okay, all right. So you guys are going against me. We got another head to head, which is very nice for the pod. Um, I checked out a few other stats as well. Uh, apparently, this only applies to the wild card round, but you really want to look at strength of schedule in these matchups and. San Fran, uh, surprisingly, had the easiest schedule for the entire season, 32, uh, 32nd ranked uh, strength of schedule. And not to say that that's going to have a bearing on this matchup, but maybe that's a team where you want to not fade, but maybe you're just kind of weary with when they're playing, you know, upper echelon teams. Being in the division they were in this year, you know, going up against Arizona, going up against the Rams twice, um, they did have a few nice wins. But you think about when they played a good team like Kansas City, they got they got blown out. Um, I'm trying to think of other games where they weren't as impressive as they were against, you know, their divisional matchups, but um, it's a big number to lay. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm leaning with Seattle here, but uh, would I be surprised if San Fran wins this game by 21 points? No, def- definitely not. So uh, I'm not going to bet this game in, in real life, but uh, if you guys had to guess, who do you think had the toughest schedule this year? In the uh, whole league? Gotta, the whole league. It's got to be, it's got to be like the Giants. The Giants rank 25th easiest schedule. Oh, sorry, the, the 25th. Uh, uh, sorry, the 25th uh, toughest schedule. No, 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 easiest. Yeah, sorry. So they're 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 kind of where. Um, no wait, hold on. These rankings. I was gonna say they're in the they're in the NFC. Any team in the NFC East is going to be in the top top ten toughest schedules right now. Yeah, I mean, right now, um, I think if they base it on home field, that's where they get these numbers from. But the the bottom two uh, easiest schedules were Philly and San Fran, and the Giants were 25th. So what's that mean? They had the hardest or the easiest? Easiest. 25th easiest schedule. So Eagles had the easiest schedule in the NFL with the 10-win Cowboys and the 9-win Giants and the 7-win Redskins in it? No, the, the Niners had the easiest schedule. Oh, interesting. Okay. The, the Dolphins <clears throat> were ranked as the, having the toughest schedule in the NFL. The Dolphins, and then number two were the Jets. So the AFC East, whatever two divisions they pulled, was unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, we get, we can go through Miami's schedule really quick if you want just to no, kind of see. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. We don't got to get that crazy. Yeah. But um, I thought it was just interesting. It's something that I heard this week on just listening to a few podcasts with strength of schedule. But apparently it only applies in the wild card round. It makes sense because – I mean, Jets, the AFC East had pretty much three teams with winning records, and they played the AFC North that had three teams with winning records. So right. there's a lot there's a lot of winning teams on those schedules. It, it seemed like every week the Jets were playing somebody good. You know, they mm-hmm. obviously had to play the Bills twice. They, they played Pittsburgh. They played Cincinnati. Uh, they opened up with Baltimore. Um, I'm trying to think. That Minnesota, then, you know, you could – Say what you want. They played Detroit. Yeah, NFC North. I mean, that was three teams with winning schedules or winning records too. I think. Yeah, exactly. So, so maybe that's where they get it from. And uh, Miami, obviously, uh, for them to lose their starting quarterback for multiple games and still sneak into the playoffs, has to be impressive. No, no matter what you think about, you know how well their defense is or or things of that nature. But um, we, we'll get into that game 
Uh, right now, if you want, we'll go into the Sunday's uh, matchups. First game is going to be Miami at uh, Buffalo. Obviously, uh, another rematch, divisional matchup. Teams know each other very well. Uh, fortunately for the Dolphins, it looks like Skylar Thompson is going to start this game. They've already ruled uh, Tua out. Uh, we don't know about Teddy Bridgewater. He has the dislocated finger. He said he's going to practice like he's going to start the game. But right now, with this line is showing at 13, that is a Skylar Thompson line. And that is enough to keep me off of Miami. Um, I would like Miami, if, even if Teddy Bridgewater was playing this game. I don't think Buffalo has been playing well enough to lay this kind of number. And uh, Miami has uh, been, been playing a, a much better on defense. So, But the fact that it's uh, Skylar Thompson, we have to pick a side in this game. I have to lay the 13 with Buffalo because uh, Buffalo is a team that could definitely uh, win by margin. Uh, so, you know, I think they're just kind of that team right now that is a little bit of that magic, you know, on their side with, uh, you know, DeMar Hamlin obviously getting released in the hospital, which is great news. So I think they're going to ride that momentum into the playoffs. I'll lay the 13. I'm not going to bet it for real, but uh, if you have a gun to my head, I'm, I'm laying 13 in Buffalo. So uh, what do you guys got? We can start with you, Campbell. Here's my stat for this game. Out of the last 62 wildcard games overall, Teams that won straight up are 54-7-1 against the spread. That's an 88.5% clip against the spread. Teams that are straight have won straight up. So, I mean, that's a wild card round. You're talking about a lot of matchups that are double-digit yeah. matchups. Uh, Buffalo against Skylar Thompson. And, I mean, Buffalo's playing, playing with a purpose now. Um, they are playing motivated. Uh, they're playing for their fallen teammate who – just got released out of the hospital, so that's more good news that they can uh, fall back on. So uh, they're going to come out. They're going to put a beating on Miami. Skylar Thompson's not going to be able to do anything uh, to keep them in the game. I mean, they couldn't even score a touchdown on the Jets last week. Uh, though they won the game scoring 11 points, but still, uh, Buffalo's going to run away with this one. So I'm taking Buffalo minus 13 easily. Okay, agreement there, Alex. You're gonna make it a, you're gonna make it a, the perfect sweep, and then that's pretty much gonna uh, confirm that Miami's gonna cover. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, kiss of death. I'm I'm joining you, men here. Uh, I mean, look, nine points last week, and I gotta have a game against the Jets. Um, you know, Skylar Thompson can't. You know, I mean, he's he's not the guy. It's not his fault. He shouldn't be in this spot. There's injuries. They happen. Um, you know, Miami's paying the pie paying the piper a little bit for, uh, you know, mis- I mean, they mistreated Tua like six times this year. So they deserve to not have him in the game, and they deserve the result they're going to get this Sunday. On top of that, you know, Reek was really uh, – Tyreek Hill was really hurt at the end of that game, uh, you know, limping all over the place. So, you know, take Buffalo here, you know. Again, to not cover, do you envision this game being like eight or nine points late in the third quarter – to sweat this out. I don't, and I certainly don't see Skylar Thompson. If the bills open up a three possession lead, like backdoor covering, you know, he's just, he, I feel like picks left and right. If they have to open things up. So, yep. Taking the bills, um, you know, the bills and the Niners are the two worst games of the week. They were given the worst time slots um, accordingly. So um, yeah, the NFL is kind of telling you what they think the, those two games are going to be. So, yep. I'll agree with the league and just lay the points. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Miami's uh, practice report, either, uh, uh, you know, including Tua, who's already been ruled out, either these players were limited or did not participate. Teron Armstead, Teddy Bridgewater, Bradley Chubb, uh, Melvin Ingram, 
Uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, Tua is obviously out. Skylar Thompson was full. But Jalen Waddle, Waddle was limited. Cedric Wilson limited. Jeff Wilson limited. I mean, these are key players at key positions. Yeah. And you look at Buffalo's uh, injury report, it's pretty much clean. And they just uh, designated, designated uh, Micah Hyde coming back uh, from injured reserve. So they're getting healthy at the right time. So you could only look to Buffalo in this spot. Uh, if you like another team to win money line, maybe just parlay Buffalo with them to kind of get a little bit better odds because uh, I don't see any way in hell that Miami's winning this game. So we are in agreement there, and uh, we'll go to a very interesting game, another rematch from the regular season, not divisional foes. Uh, the New York football Giants going up against the My- uh, Minnesota Vikings. And so there's uh, not going to be agreement on this game. Okay, no. I, I know exactly where everybody's going on this game. We don't have to discuss it, and I can just write it down. Whoever's gonna, you know, who's gonna take which team? But uh, no, another rematch here. Uh, Minnesota won the regular season matchup, twenty-seven twenty-four. On I think it was like sixty-two game-winning field goal. Uh, so you know, every, everybody's kind of down in Minnesota this year. You know, they're the worst thirteen and four team in the entire league. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins not high on him. You know, historically bad defense. Uh, and then you have the Giants, who are coming off of that loss to Philly, but they showed a lot of moxie, you know, with their backups and only losing by one possession. So I think, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people are going to be on the Giants here as the underdog, and I think you're going to get sharp and square money on the Giants. So I'll kind of let you guys talk about it first, and then then I'll kind of pick my side at the end. So I'm just kind of curious to see what uh, Campbell says first. Uh, I'm obviously going to Minnesota here. <laughs> Um, you get you getting Kirk Cousins not in prime time, so you're gonna get his a effort. Uh, I just don't think the Giants have the defense to be able to cover Jefferson and Hawkinson and Thielen and Cook, and I think the Minnesota offense just has too many weapons for the Giants. Um. The only thing that worries me a little bit is the Giants' pass rush, but I think that Minnesota will be able to neutralize that a bit. And, I mean, it's only a three-point spread. A field goal will at least get me a push, so give me the Minnesota Vikings here. Alex, you have the floor. Okay, so hold on. Let me get my notebook out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) So, look, they just played each other. Three weeks ago, the Giants should have won that game by two possessions. They dropped two interceptions. They had a fumble inside the Minnesota 20. And they had a BS taunting call that pushed them out of field goal range. And Minnesota needed a 61-yard field goal to win that game. Since then, since that, that game, the Vikings, who lead the league in hits to their own quarterback with 154 in 18 games, because they've been hit 154 times. They lost their right tackle to an Achilles injury two weeks ago, and he's out for the year. They lost their center and their backup center since that last game. Their center with one career start is playing this Sunday. And then their right tackle has one career start starting this this Sunday. The Giants have gotten back since that game because they lost Ojolari and Williams in the second quarter. Ojolari, Williams, Xavier McKinney. Adoree Jackson. The Giants have no injuries right now. This is as healthy as they've been. You gotta love the effort they had last week. Even though they didn't, they rested their guys, they lost by six. I mean, they're, they're just playing. One team's arrow's pointing up. The other one's pointing down. 
I feel like the giant defense is going to give Cousins hell most of the game. Um, offensively, you know, the the second best effort of the year offensively was against Minnesota because their defense just wasn't that great. They didn't get to Daniel Jones last time. The Giants had two injuries to the O-line, so they're getting a little bit better. Um, so, look, it, the Giants should have won three weeks ago. They've been playing their best ball since that Washington game. They've been playing very well. The Colts game was a, an exclamation point. Minnesota's not playing their best ball. I think they were playing their best ball probably mid to late October. Um and they have cluster injuries in the O-line, which could impact, you know, Hawkinson and Jefferson had combined for 23 catches for 270 yards in the last game. And, you know, Cousins did get sacked five times in that game, and that was with their starting offensive linemen. I just see, uh, I see the Giants harassing them a lot. Um, and again, Dexter Lawrence, who just got named to the players' first-team All-Pro list today which was exciting is now going up against basically a practice squad center that could cause a lot of problems for Kirk Cousins up the middle Giants are healthy Giants are playing well Minnesota's a little bit more banged up and Giants should have won three weeks ago so got to take the Giants here plus three for all those reasons I'm also a Giant fan so I was never going to come in looking for the glass half empty here so take what I say with a grain of salt but I've pitched I've pitched everyone on the Giant side of the game at least yeah, I'm with you, Alex. I mean, you couldn't pay me to lay points with Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. I think, you know, he does very well when he's he's a dog. I think uh, back a few years ago, I think it was against uh, the Saints where uh, Minnesota was, you know, a seven-point dog in New Orleans, and they won that game outright. I, I, I would like Kirk Cousins in that spot. As a three-point home favorite, not not my thing. I, I couldn't lay points with Kirk Cousins here. Uh, you know, Giants have the advantage in uh, yards per play. They have the advantage in uh, DVOA uh, on offense and defense. Um, so uh, I think these teams are very evenly matched. I think Minnesota hasn't shown all year that they have the ability to win by margin. So am I going to bet the Giants here plus three? No. Do I think the Giants are a shoe in as a teaser leg? Yeah. I think if you get the Giants up above seven, you know, you get them at plus eight or plus nine. I think, you know, that's really, really solid. Uh, so it's not a game that I'm actually going to bet sidewise, but I think the Giants are a really, really good teaser leg because I, I can't see this game landing on three. I, I could see Minnesota win, winning this game by a field goal. I could see the Giants winning this game by a field goal. So um, I, I'm not going to play those odds. I'm going to tease the Giants up. I'm going to let these two teams play a close game, and I'm going to take the cover of the Giants, and they, you know, whether they win outright or not. So I, I do lean the Giants to win the game outright, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota wins it either. So. Giants in a teaser, but for the pod, I will uh, take the Giants plus three. What do you guys think? Yeah, and I mean, look, the, the, the cluster injuries to the offensive line, I think, should make the difference. And the Giants haven't had a Dory Jackson in two months. He's back for this game. They've got Ojolari. they got Williams. They've got, like I said, the, the way Dable said it today was pretty adept. He said, for the first time since Labor Day, I'm telling you, the Giants have a healthy roster. And it's at the right time of year. The Vikings do not have a healthy roster. I think things like that can make the difference. So, you know, away we go. Let's, let's get it. Minnesota just can't rush the, rush the passer, man. I mean, and it's the opposite for the Giants. I mean, the Giants are top 10 in pass, uh, pass rushing rate. And then the uh, Vikings are bottom, bottom 10 in pass, pass but, rushing rate. So. And, that's, and, I, and, I'm, and that was with their other O-line. This O-line isn't that one. Like I said – 
you got two guys at right tackle who's going to go against Ojolari and the center who's going against Dexter Lawrence with no experience. And I don't mean in playoffs. I mean in the NFL. So it could be a big problem for the Vikings. You know, the, the question for the Giants is, you know, will they get enough offensively out of it? They did a few weeks back because Minnesota didn't get any pressure. So if you're going to let Nichols stay back, or I guess I got to call him Dimes now. If you're going to let Dimes stay back there and hit those slants that he loves or, you know, take off on the outside and run, he'll do what he did to the Colts. He just, you know, put up a field day. Um, but I'm excited. You know, again, like as a Giant fan, this is the matchup you wanted. This is the one you circled. This is the game you thought if we get Minnesota, we can win one game. And what a what a great little cherry on top of what's been a great year could be. And you add the injuries that they have and the ones that we don't have. Like we're getting so healthy and they're getting injured. You just how could you not be excited for this Sunday? How how has New York's uh, run defense been over the past month? Has it improved over the over the course of the season? Well, I mean, it's improved, but, you, you know, the opponents haven't been great. You know, like it was Washington twice. It was Indianapolis without Jonathan Taylor. And it was the Eagles who didn't even try to run the ball. They were very strange last week where, like, they wouldn't run it with Hurts, but they also wouldn't give it to Sanders. They just threw the ball 52 times, which is mm. crazy. So, uh, you know, statistically, yes, but that is what I would say is last week – the run defense for the first time wasn't as vulnerable in the linebacker area because the Giants low-key signed Jared Davis in early December and activated him. And he's been very good in the first, second down, you know, run-stopping role that he's had. Um, but still, that, that is the liability. So, you know, Cook's going to Cook's gonna break some plays. Um, but it's two years ago either. Yeah, because I was just looking through uh, NFL Futures uh, today, and I was looking at prospective teams to – you know, win the NFC or even, you know, go, win, win the Super Bowl. And right now the Giants are plus 2,500 as the NFC winner. And the reason why I asked you about the run defense is if they get by Minnesota, you know, there's a good chance that the Giants are either going to play, you know, San Fran, uh, you know, Philly, two teams that are heavy run oriented. Um, you know, Tampa Bay can't run the ball very well, and, and Dallas hasn't been a very good running team. So, uh, I asked you about the run defense. I think, you know, because I was thinking of, you know, placing more money well, on the Giants the, in the future. Yeah, well, if you're the Giants, I mean, if you want to paint a giant make a run picture, which is, you know, again, it's it's plus 2,500 here. So that's the world we're living in. It went up, you by would, the way. It was plus 3,000 last week. Yeah, so you would hope that they play the Eagles because the Eagles just struggled against them last week with their backups. And you think it looks like Hurts is not healthy. And that injury is not a one-week shoulder. Like, that. that's such coach speak. No way. Yeah. Like, if you watch the way they called that game and the way he played, he is, he is very hurt. So, if you're a Giant fan and you want to paint that kind of picture, you definitely want the Eagles and put off San Francisco or Dallas as long as possible. But the I, Giants can yeah. beat the Eagles. They lost by six last week. I mean, and the Eagles had to have it. Yeah. Well, if the if the Giants win, let's I don't know who's going to win between Dallas and and Tampa, but you know there's a good chance that the Giants could go to Philly, um, you know, well, for the divisional if the, round. If the Giants win, they're going to Philly. Unless, unless Seattle beats San Fran. Seattle beats San Fran. Right. The Giants are the six. Yeah. Okay. So they're they're going to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. 
And again, like as a giant fan, if you want to, you know, that is kind of stirs aligning a little bit in the way that we avoided the Saints back in 2011 because we all knew the Saints would beat us and we could beat San Fran. Um, so yeah, better matchup wise. I mean, this team is, you know, it's not that talented. I don't, you know, if you're talking about a run, but yeah, if you want to dream about the 25 to one, you want to play Philadelphia next week because as, as they showed last week, Hurts isn't healthy, and they're they call they will get away from the run so fast. Like if you stop the run two plays in a row, they won't call it for two quarters. It is a very strange team that they have in Philadelphia, and um, you know, yeah, but you know, and to have the conversation, you know, you've got the draw you want. Like you got Minnesota, you would get Philly. And if you want a really long shot 30 to one type team, you want to do the one that would have to be like get the easier path and avoiding San Francisco until the third game is the easiest path, the easier path of any of the 30 to ones you're going to have, I think. Right. And you know, the giants have a top, top 10 uh, rush uh, DVOA on offense. So they can run the ball very well. So uh, Philly has shown to be, be prone, you know, in their run defense so I think that's another matchup advantage for the Giants as well. But the, the Niners are going to one just because the the Niners have a really really good uh, uh, run defense. No, I mean, I, I mean well. look, if, if you want to, no, I mean, look, if you want to play the Giant game, which again, like, can be said, like this week's a coin flip at best. But you're in the thirty to one realm. You you someone else needs to beat the Niners. The Giants yep. can't. Like, yeah, you need Dallas to beat the Niners and say, yep. hey. The Giants go to Dallas and they can pop something. Like yeah. that's the hope. You that's know? Best like, the best chance. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not going to be the Giants going to San Francisco and beating them. I just don't think they can. Well, you know, it'll well, be, you know. uh, unless Kyle Williams is their punt returner. Woo! What a oh oh oh! Giants outplayed them in that game. Fuck that. We should have won that game. <laughs> the, the, they the, couldn't. The... They couldn't score on us either. Yeah, if you look yeah, at that, that game, 20- would have been a six overtime slog. <laughs> that 2011 Giants team, if you look at them statistically, I was looking at that today. Uh, really, not a good defense, and they just no, made they made the plays when they had to. They had key turnovers. Uh, they were probably I don't know this off the top of my head, but they were probably you know top one or two in turnover differential in the playoffs. And Eli just made the plays that they had to make. But well, yeah, if I can. Uh... You led me down this path, Chet. So this next stat is your fault that I bring up. But the 2011 Giants did have historically the greatest fourth quarter quarterback in the history of the NFL season and postseason. So, you know, that's that the, was Eli's year. That's his half year. That's that's the Jack year. 2011. Yeah, 2007 was the defense, right? Yeah. The pass rush. But 2011 with him, with Nick's. Manningham, Cruz, yeah, Bradshaw, but like especially like when they were down ten in the fourth and they just abandoned the run. Eli just made every throw all yeah. year. It was, that year was awesome. Yeah, I was at that game where they had to beat Dallas again to the playoffs. So that that was fun watching uh, Victor Cruz run down the sideline. All right, so <laughs> on to uh, the next game. We have uh, Baltimore Ravens at uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Another. Uh, divisional rematch these teams played just on Sunday. Uh, doesn't look like much is going to change with Baltimore's quarterback situation. Uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't look like Lamar is going to play in this game. Uh, I don't think they ruled him out uh, based on this line kind of hovering around. Not hurt. <laughs> <laughs> He's not hurt. This is purely money. 
It's a PCL, but it's a it's the playoffs. You would think he would actually try to make it back for a big game like this. That's surprising. He, he he's done with Baltimore. I think you might be right. Um, yeah, he's kind of he's he's cashing in, and if they franchise him, oh boy, that's going to be an ugly off season. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's like eight eight and a half consensus here. Uh, I this is a really tough game to handicap because I think it, you know assuming this line signifies that Lamar is not going to play, this is way too short, right? I mean, the the Bengals are considered the hottest team or one of the hottest teams in the AFC right now. And they're only laying seven and a half, eight against Anthony Brown, a third string quarterback, because it doesn't look like Huntley's going to play in this game. So this line doesn't make sense to me. Um, I have no choice but to take the eight points of Baltimore here. I, I, I think you're going to get like a rallying type of the troops here. I think Cincinnati definitely wins the game. But, you know, based on what Baltimore did last week, I mean, Cincinnati got really lucky in that game last week. They, they, that easily could have been a, a different outcome. Uh, if not for those uh, turnovers, uh, I could look up the uh, turnover differential in that game as we're talking through this. But just watching that that game, watching the highlights uh, of that game last week, Baltimore had every opportunity to definitely cover, if not win that game. So uh, I think it's going to be a similar situation here. I know the Bengals are considered like the angry team because they have they got slated with the uh, playoff situation, uh, you know, stemming from the, the Bills and Bengals game. But uh, a divisional game, you know, uh, um, you know, these teams know each other really well. Uh, coaching matchup you would give to Baltimore. So I'll, I'll take the points of Baltimore. Bengals win the game, but Baltimore covers. Uh, we can go to you, Alex, first on this. Man, I can't take Baltimore here. Can't do it. I uh... – you know, last year we kind of learned if you just take the better quarterback, you tend to wind up on the better side of these games. I'm just going to take Burrow. He's playing hot. Um, like you said, it's shouldn't this spread be the same as the Bills game? That's what I thought. I mean, Burrow did not play well last week. He had 42 attempts, threw for 215 yards, a touchdown. They they won the turnover battle uh, three to one, and they only won the yeah. game by nine, you know, 11 points. It was- True. It was a very strange spot for them as a team because they had sort of stuff to play for, but not really. You know, like it, they weren't going to lose that game. So, uh, like the division was over. You know, so it was just kind of a strange spot for Cincy to be in. So they they had to play it out because you didn't want back to back bye weeks basically before the playoffs. And the coin so, toss too, right? Because if Baltimore won that game, then they were going to have a coin toss to who was going to host a playoff could game. Have. So Cincinnati. Did have that that's a weird thing it. to yeah, but that's a weird thing. You know, you're not gonna be motivated by that. That's just strange. You, the, you, it did give you the great Joe Mixon hit a coin in his glove and then flipped it on the field and kicked it. That was pretty a great touchdown celebration. But uh, <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, it is a short line, so they are begging you to bet the Bengals, and I'll just be the sucker and do it. But um, you know, back to back weeks, I'm not sure if that's what they are thinking, but. I don't see how the game's close. I feel like Cincinnati is a team you could easily pick to win the AFC. So, like, are you going to see them win the AFC and then they win by three this weekend against Baltimore? I don't. I don't see it. Um, not not with the third string quarterback for Baltimore. So, taking Cincy, away we go. What do you got, Candy? Um, all the stats I provided earlier in the show, I'm going against them here. I'm taking Baltimore, getting the oh. points. I'm on an island th- with Cincinnati? Oh, okay. So I, do think 
I do think Cincinnati is going to win the game also, but I think uh, it's going to be closer than people expect. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of a face turn here and might get a surprise look at a quarterback in Baltimore coming in. So, I Who would think that be? Tim Tebow? Lamar. <laughs> oh, you think Lamar's going to play? I don't think he's hurt. I think I think he's going to – I mean, I think he's I mean, not going to start. You have to disclose that information, right? <laughs> yeah. We, he's not practicing. He didn't practice on, on playoff Wednesday. So, like, when's he going to practice? But don't you, you think know? it's a little fishy that they are they are not ruling him out of the game? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess. But you know, the media is at these things, so like, if he he's not dressed, so it's not like they're shutting the doors and he's running team zone. You know, so it's only so sketchy you could be. But you know, but hey, maybe you're right. I mean, that's why the, the I think the line is short in case he plays. So I'll just go that he's not. The Bengals will kill him. I think uh, I, I think they, there's an outside chance that you might see him, and I mean, if you do, this going to be a coin flip game. Um, but even if you don't, I still think Ravens' defense is going to be able to keep this on close underneath a touchdown. So I'll take the points all day. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, just looking at uh, DVOA stats, these teams are very evenly matched, and um, you know. That's that's with the quarterback situation here. If you just look at the game last week, Ravens outgained you know the Bengals in total yardage, uh, passing yards, rushing yards, beat them in yards per play, five point one to four point uh, and the Ravens were over two on fourth down. And you would look at those just like turnovers, right? If you don't get a fourth down conversion, it's like a turnover. So they Ravens went over two on fourth down, and they had two fumbles lost and two picks. So they pretty much turned the ball over six times. And only lost by eleven points, um, you know, and, and they barely lost the time of possession battle. So I'll, I'm with you, Campbell. I think this is uh, a fishy line. Uh, I think the books know that. Uh, you would, ex- like you said, Alex, you would expect this game to at least be a ten, right? If if we knew that Lamar was not going to play this game, so um, I think Baltimore. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be teasing Cincinnati down to two, and I wouldn't, you know, hate that, but. Something is just fishy about this game. I, I don't know. Um, I think this is a game where John Harbaugh pulls out all the stops. I think you see a lot of trick plays. I think you see onside kicks because he knows, you know, Cincinnati, they're the better team, right? Better quarterback. Um, and they're kind of equal in all different, you know, aspects of the team. But I think you're going to see a lot of things on special teams, maybe surprise onside kick, you know, trick plays, things like that to kind of keep them in the game and hopefully win it. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely with you. Take the points here with Baltimore, and then we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you guys ready to move on? Yeah. It's only one more game. So i uh, got the Monday night game, Dallas at Tampa. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. Obviously, Cowboys coming off of that embarrassing loss to Washington. And then, uh, you know, the Bucks pretty much treated that Atlanta game like a preseason game. I think the starters went to the – second quarter and then it was pretty much you know just benching them and resting them for the playoff game uh tough handicap here uh man this is really tough i'll let you guys go through it first and and i'll end it uh but uh we can start with alex uh, on this game i've been back and forth on this game i agree with you i think it is a little tricky um only because dallas looks so bad last week and, you know, is Dak going to make the big mistake? Because I don't think Tom will. But 
the Bucks are just not that good this year. You know, they went, they had eight wins in a, in a, the worst division in the league. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. The Cowboys have been, you know, a top three NFC team all year. So if you look at it, 30,000 foot view, you're like, okay, pick the Cowboys. It's only a field goal, but you know, it's Brady, which will keep the number a little bit close. And Dak is playing, like, I think this might be the worst season of his pro career. Like, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but against the Texans, he had a pick at the five. He's thrown, like, at least three pick sixes. Terrible game last week overall. Um, I don't think bounce back spots matter in the playoffs. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, we played bad last week. We'll play great this week. It's the playoffs. It's totally different. The Bucks aren't giving you a mediocre effort. You're going to get their A game. Um, and also the other small part of this is, like, I feel like the Bucks always beat the Cowboys, don't they? Oh, well, Brady is 7-0 and against them, so I don't know about so, Tampa. Yeah, so, 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 you know, I know the last two season openers, the Bucks handled them pretty well. They beat them um, in the opening game this season, 19-3. Yeah, a yeah, long time ago, but still it was, you know, that was a – I think Dak got hurt, right, so he went out. Yeah, but I mean that that game was over, yeah. you know, before he got hurt. You know, I think yeah. he, he got hurt in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Bowles, a Bowles McCarthy matchup. Bowles obviously kind of has a feel for what McCarthy wants to do. That might slow him down some. Um, but I think you know, in any other spot, if it wasn't Brady on the Bucks, I feel like the spread would be like minus five for the Cowboys, minus six. And it's only a field goal. Oh, I've been back and forth, but I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Because I think in the end, you think you have to keep that big view of, like, Dallas is the top three team in the conference. And Tampa's been, like, a middle of the pack to below average team all year. Don't don't get it twisted. And the line is close because of the reasons you might doubt them. But take Dallas. Lay the points. It's field goal. Should be comfortable. What do you think, Cam? Are you with me? Am I over I am with you. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been saying for weeks now, uh, once playoff – time comes, I'm going to be high on Dallas this season. I think they have the team that's built for the long playoff run. Uh, I think Tampa Bay, you know, uh, it's hard to bet against Tom in the playoffs, but I don't think they have it this year. I think uh, Dallas, I mean, like Chase said, you're not going to get two bad games out of them in a row. Um, I think that Tampa's going to have a hard time um, containing CD, uh, and I mean Tampa's offense has been sputtering, and defense, Dallas's defense is right for the picking, pick off Tom Brady. I mean, he's just as kind of um, mistake prone as Dak is this year, and I just think that um, when it comes down to it, Dallas has too much talent for Tampa this year, the way Tampa's been playing all year round. So I'm taking Dallas. Uh, I'll probably be taking Dallas next week. I'll probably be taking Dallas the week after that. <laughs> I think Dallas is going to the Super Bowl this year. Well, I think, you know, uh, the Cowboys uh, have had some key injuries over the past month of the season. And, uh, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, uh, it's good news that all three of these players are going to be coming back for the Tampa game. Number one, uh, Tyler Biotis, starting center. He was out. Uh, this game against uh, Washington, he got hurt the week before, and they had to shuffle the uh, the entire offensive line around. So they had to move Connor uh, McGovern to center. They had to move, you know, Tyron Smith to right tackle, Tyler Smith into left guard. Uh, they put Jason Peters at left tackle. And he he was really bad against Washington. 
Uh, so now with Beattis coming back, they kind of get that original, you know, five back of the offensive line. And then they also get Jonathan Hankins back, who they traded for uh, with Las Vegas early in the season. He's been their run-stopping uh, defensive tackle, who they've sorely missed. I mean, their run defense has been very, very leaky ever since he got hurt. He's been out for a month, and he's going to be back for this game uh, with the torn pectoral. And then Leighton Vanderesh, starting linebacker, he's been out for almost a month. And uh, he's kind of like the signal caller of the defense. He's the leader of the defense. He's not pro bowler by any means, but he's significantly better than what they have behind him. And he's going to be back for this game. So uh, I think those three uh, players coming back are going to be enough to get Dallas to, to cover this number. I think I'm with you, Campbell. There's something about Tampa. They just don't have it this year. They're 30th in offensive run defense, uh, run DVOA. So they can't run the ball. And against Dallas, you need to be able to run the ball against them because then, you know, those pass rushers can't tee off. They can't get after the quarterback. So I, I see a lot of situations where, you know, with Hankins coming back at D tackle, uh, I think Dallas is going to force Tampa into a lot of third and longs. And I think Brady just doesn't have the, the ability to do that anymore. You know, he needs to have those first and second downs. He needs to have those second and fours and those third and twos, you know, not, not the third and 11s. And I think you're going to see more of the latter in this game. Um, I think you're right, Alex. You don't kind of see bounce back spots in the playoffs because it's it's the playoffs. If you're not getting up for this game, then you should you shouldn't be playing in the league. Right? Yeah, that's where you like the the flow. You know, like if it was regular season, I'd agree with you. Oh yeah, Dallas gonna win this game by 35 because that's just what they did all year. But not really in this spot because this is like yeah, you know, you're gonna get everyone's best effort, and you know, so uh, like Mike Evans think, is gonna make a play, Brady will make a play. You know, they'll be. I, I think that you're gonna see Mike. I think you're going to see Micah Parsons be a man possessed because of his uh, feelings of being snubbed by that all pro. Why is that a snub? I mean, he had 13 sacks. So he was like seventh in the league in sacks and like ninth in pressures. He did kind of tail off towards the latter end of the season. But he, he's, he's been hurt. Oh, he's I'm been coming, hurt. I'm, oh, I'm coming for your boy. He didn't tail off. He went invisible. Yeah. Medic's better. But he's still top five in pressure rate. He just he hasn't gotten the sacks. He hasn't he hasn't gotten home. You know, so top, hopefully top he does five is not all pro now. Would you say Garrett's better? Who? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Over the course of the 100%. season, yeah, I would say so. Thousand percent. Yeah. But uh, you you could argue Parsons is on the much better defense. I mean, the Browns were god awful on defense this year. Yeah. You know. But uh, looking at Dallas specifically, we talked about like, oh, you know, you don't have bounce back weeks when the playoffs start. But looking at the Cowboys specifically, if you look at their situation last year, the week before the wild card game against the Niners, uh, the Cowboys played a meaningless game against the Eagles at Philly and they blew them out. The Cowboys blew them out. It was like 56-21 or something like that. And then they laid a complete egg against the Niners the week after that. And you're kind of seeing the opposite here, where the Cowboys got embarrassed against Washington. And now they're not going to be coming in all fat and sassy, feeling overconfident. It's the playoffs, right? But still, I'd rather have this situation where they're coming off of an embarrassing loss as opposed to a blowout win, you know, when the playoffs start. So I think you're going to get a really focused uh, Dallas team here. And I think Tampa... You know, they still have a really good defense. You know, they have a really good run defense and pass defense, and that kind of concerns me with Dak. But I think the Dallas defense is going to be the key in this game with them getting those key players back and uh, 
Cowboys getting healthier on the offensive line. I think it's just going to be enough. I think this this game might land on three. I would not be surprised if this game lands on three either way. So um, I'm gonna, you know, as a bet, I'm gonna take Dallas money line because I could easily see, you know, Dallas not covering and winning this game. I could see them being down by six and having to win a touchdown at the end, you know, having to score a touchdown at the end of the game. So just kind of play it safe with how, you know, how close I think this game's gonna be. I think Dallas money line's a good good bet. Um, maybe Tampa and a teaser too, just because Dallas really hasn't won by margin a lot this year, only a few times against uh, Minnesota. But uh, Minnesota has gotten blown out a few times uh, this year. So Dallas really hasn't shown the ability to win by margin on a consistent basis, especially against good defenses. So I think if you take Dallas money line or you tease Tampa, I think both those hit. You know, I think you could middle that uh, pretty well. But I'll take uh, for the pod. We'll lay the two and a half, make it my best bet. Are we doing best bets for the, for, uh, the playoffs? Hell yeah. All right, so best bet Dallas. Who, who were your best bets? I, I Dallas is my best bet also. Dallas, okay. And uh, Alex, you have Giants? My best bet is, <laughs> as I think. Oh, I no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding, guys. Hey, I'll put my heart where my money is. Giants. Bleed blue. Let's oh. go, Giants. <laughs> All right. Um... It would really be, just to be clear, it would really be Buffalo. But I'll bleed with the Giants. Okay. Uh, teaser segment here. I feel like uh, we should have like a sound clip for teasers. So I'll, I'll just I'll just do a teaser segment. Uh, oh, okay. We have our teaser segment. Oh, all right. <laughs> Who wants to go first with the teaser? Gambit. Uh, okay. Um, so for my teaser, um, I am liking. Who am I liking? I'm liking. Baltimore, uh, you get them over 14, so you get them to 14 and a half. Uh, and then I am liking San Francisco from down from 10 to 4. Because, um, I mean, even though you like to get through the three, I mean, four points is going to be an easy cover for them. So give me San Francisco and Baltimore as my teaser. All right. Alex, are we going to go Wong or anti Wong? I never know, because, you know, I just make what the best teaser pick is. I don't think about any formula or follow some guy I've never met. I'm not a sheeple over here. But I'm taking the Giants one plus three to plus ten. We do seven here or six? Uh, well, I mean, we really should do six. Campbell did six, Campbell did six right? Yeah. Okay. Giants plus nine. Then I will take the Bengals, tease that sucker down. I'll lay one and a half. Have a good day. Okay. Uh, I got you with the Giants, too. I'll tease them up to plus nine. And then I will tease Jacksonville from uh, plus two to plus eight. Get them over a touchdown. I like that teaser. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Do you guys have any thoughts uh, before we start uh, Wild Card Weekend? Uh, You know, I always like to say this given times. There's only two really fun weekends left. Because the conference title weekend is, you know, it's a day, it's one game each, it's, it's not as fun, there's not as much activity, not as much, to, you know, the next two weeks are fun, especially division weekend, but these next two are, you know, one Saturday at four hits through Monday night, you're just going to be entertained left and right. Next weekend's great, so, you know, kind of cherish these last two weekends because uh, Super Bowl almost isn't even a, an NFL Sunday, it's such a weird thing. Um, 
and conference titles are different different birds too. So enjoy these next two weekends would be what I say because then it's you're about to hit that long dark stretch of looking forward to like the March sixth free agency period and stuff, which always sucks. So enjoy the football while you got it. Gabby. Um I mean to me this Dallas Tampa Bay game is gonna be an interesting one too because you have potentially it's pretty much like a WWE pink slip on a pole match. Like <laughs> the loser the loser of this game can possibly see their coach getting fired between Bowles and McCarthy. So I think that that's kind of an interesting storyline to uh look out for also. I think the only way McCarthy gets fired after this game is if they put on a similar performance that they showed against Washington last week. That's the only way in my mind. I mean, McCarthy is the first coach to lead Dallas um, 12 win, 12 win or greater seasons back to back since Chan Gailey in 97, 98. So, you know, first time they made the playoffs back to back years since uh, Parcells did it in 06 and then Wade Phillips in 07. So I think McCarthy's done a really good job. I think the bigger issue in Dallas is Kellen Moore. And I, I pray to God that uh, somebody takes him for head coach because that, that guy, uh, the Dak-Kellen Moore relationship is what's holding back the Cowboys from taking the next step. See, I don't think, I don't think it's a McCarthy issue. I think Jerry Jones would rather promote Dan Quinn than lose him. Uh. I don't. I I think he likes what McCarthy's done. I I really do. I, I I he doesn't want to lose Quinn. I mean, he just signed Quinn to an extension. I I think Quinn really likes it there. I I don't think he would leave for a job in Denver. I think Denver's going to go with a more experienced guy. Um. So maybe Quinn does get an interview. But I think uh, when Quinn was asked about it this week, he was like, "Nah, I'm all focused. I'm all in with Dallas right now. I'm not even thinking about it." So he's not going to interview. You know, throughout the playoffs. Um. So I think he likes it there. I, I, I think he's cool with his role in Dallas there. And I, I think it would be a huge mistake to fire McCarthy. I mean, and who are you going to get? I mean, you can. Jerry Jones is eight years old. He is not about trading first round picks at this stage in his life. Um, you know, he wants to win now. So there's no way Sean Payton's coming to Dallas. Um, you know, like you say, Campbell, the only way. You know, uh, McCarthy leaves if if he puts on a performance like he did last week, or the team does, and then maybe you see Quinn get promoted. But if that doesn't happen, McCarthy's definitely coming back. I think they definitely look into offensive coordinator, um, you know, possibilities because like Kellen Moore was Dak's backup for a few years, right? And I think there's too much of like a peer to peer relationship with those two as opposed to a coach to player relationship, and that's why you're seeing Dak doing the same things on, on a week to week basis. Like he's saying, I'm going to clean these things up. I'm going to do this different. I'm going to, I'm going to get better. And then he does the same thing the next week. So that, that has to come back to coaching because Dak has shown the ability to be a much better player than what he's showing. And I, it comes back to Kellen Moore. Like they're in the court, they're in the quarterback's room every week. Like what, are, what are they doing in that room? What are they doing on those meetings? So it comes back to Kellen Moore. Uh, Cause they're not going to get rid of Dak because they they can't get rid of him for another two years based on this contract. So something has to change. And I think McCarthy's done enough to earn his keep. They're not going to get rid of Dak. So Kellen Moore has to be the scapegoat. And I think rightfully so. He's, he's the biggest problem. Okay. So, all right. So uh, with that being said, we will see you next week. Uh, do you guys, uh, before I go, do you, uh, before we go, do you guys have any, uh, 
like futures that you're looking out for, like for uh, you know conference winners or you know Super Bowl MVPs? I know it's pretty early to be thinking uh, about that, but uh, you look at that. You want to you want to put your Super Bowl picks out right now? Well, I know you will change them every week, but why not? Okay. All right. Well, uh, Campbell, you go first. Uh, my Super Bowl pick. I'm sticking with what I said last week. I'm going Buffalo over Dallas. Okay, Alex. I am going with the Chiefs losing to the 49ers. Okay. I got the Bills beating the Niners. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't gonna, really who's see. Gonna, who, who's going to go to that Bills Chiefs game in Germany? <laughs> <laughs> or in Saudi Arabia if they were owned by WWE. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> we'll see what happens there. I may I, we'll just I, have I, like, I don't see any of our Super Bowl picks having to be changed next week. <laughs> I don't think so either. I mean, I I know like I mean, wild you can card... always change it based on how teams look. So, yeah, yeah. Wild card weekend is more known for the upsets to occur, right? You don't really see that a lot in divisional rounds. It's more so in the wild card round. You used Generally. to, but remember, this used to be a three six and a four five only. Since the two True. seven kind of opened up, you know, we'll see what this week brings. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that have been true for a while kind of stopped being true in like 2017 or so. Like, yeah. really, home field doesn't really matter almost anymore. It's, it's kind true. of crazy in these games. No, like, uh, uh, the road teams actually have a winning record straight up the last few years. Crazy, and yeah. you know, and uh, you know, my dad, who's you know way up there in age, made the point to me the other day. Where he's like, you know, it used to be teams would go into Lambo in a big game and they'd be scared and they would shrivel and you couldn't beat, you couldn't win at Lambo in a big spot. He was very impressed by what Detroit did the other day, and I told him, I was like, Dad, none of these players care anymore. Like none of that stuff. What do you think? Like, what, why do you think, think home field is not a big I think co- field? So I think coaches got way better. Coaches got way better at like implementing crowd noise into practices. And then they started doing it to the offenses when they were at home and the defenses when they were on – or defenses when they're at home, offenses when they're on the road. And it just really took off like five or six years ago. And honestly, someone told me who works with like the tempo system, which can just blast nine decibels of sound all the time. Counts aren't a problem. Quiet count – like they can practice this stuff now and it's almost louder than any dome can be. Interesting. So it's, it's really helped. And that, that tempo system came out in 2016. So that's right around when teams started to get better on the road because noise didn't really matter anymore. And you're seeing that built into these <laughs> point spreads, right? I mean, maybe, you know, on a good day, you know, maybe what, what, home field advantage-wise, who would you say has some of the best home field in the league? Kansas City, uh, you say Minnesota, Seattle. Um, maybe, maybe Buffalo. Buffalo, maybe. And maybe they're getting one and a half, maybe two for home field. Back yeah. in the day, you get a solid three points for home field, right? Yep, it was automatic. But now I think those are being built into the line. So, like, when you see a, a point spread that, you know, the home favorite is minus two, minus one and a half, you know, the books are telling you these teams are equal, you know. so And then, and then the other thing, as all these teams are getting new stadiums and upgrades to stadiums, everyone's going dome anymore. So, weather's no longer playing factors into a lot of these teams that, very true. I mean, but Buffalo will still have that advantage in cold weather games up in Buffalo, but, like, other teams now, just room temperature-controlled dome stadiums anymore. 
that's very true. That's a good point. And I guess that does help somewhat player safety, right? If you're talking about turf versus grass. Yep. So I guess that is a positive if you're looking at it from that perspective. Uh, any futures that you guys are looking at, like prop-wise or, you know, Super Bowl MVPs? Anything? Because, you know, obviously you're taking a risk now, but obviously if you're right, you're going to get a much better value, you know, as opposed to betting it before the well, game. My MVP, so I think San Fran's winning the bowl right now, and picking MVP of that game is actually – that's the hardest one because I don't think it's – like I think any other team is auto going to the quarterback, maybe not San Francisco. So, like, do you want to get fancy and pick a Bosa? Do you want to pick a McCaffrey? Do you want to pick a Debo? You can see Debo winning a Super Bowl MVP. For and sure. like, You know, you can get fancy and stuff like that. If San Fran's your pick, they're the hardest one to pick a Super Bowl MVP for. Yeah. Campbell, what about you? Anything you're looking at? Um, I mean, I'm big on Buffalo winning this year. I think you got to go Josh Allen if that's the case. Yeah. You think that's what you think Cowboys are winning the bowl, right? Or just getting no, there? No, I said Buff, Buff, just get in there. Oh, oh okay. I think Buffalo's going to be say, Dallas. Because okay. yeah. if, if you say Dallas, you got to go. You know they're giving it to Dak at Dallas. <laughs> Uh, Teddy. <laughs> Just think of Dak up on that podium with tears down his eyes. You know, he'll have the mic. He'll give a great speech about mental health. It'll be great. That's It'll be awesome. not a snowball's chance in health. There's no way. <laughs> that guy's a bona fide loser. That guy is soft. Oh, God. Okay. I hope he gets his mental health in order. That's great, but you're still a soft football player. That's all I got to say. Oh, that guy ain't going to win you a championship, guaranteed. <laughs> that guy needs Kyle Shanahan as his head coach. That guy ain't going to win you know, Kellen Moore as his OC. Mike McCarthy has been to the dance, all right? So I'll give McCarthy the benefit of the doubt. He's He did it Aaron Rodgers in his prime. But uh, no, yeah, one time, okay. But yeah. um, back We're, then, wasted Aaron Rodgers' time. Sure. But the NFC was much more loaded back then. Now it's the AFC, right? You would you would say that the AFC is the more loaded conference with Mahomes and Josh. So yes. it was a much tougher time to be playing in the NFC back then. But still, yeah, I agree. One Super Bowl title, but there are a lot of great coaches that never win it at all. So, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I have a futures bet on San Fran. I bet it. Way back in February, I think it was like plus eleven hundred. I I don't know what it is now. It might be like plus six hundred, something like that, plus five hundred. So uh, I'm hoping that Buffalo makes it to, you know, the big dance against San Fran, or just that San Fran makes it makes it their period, and then I could think about maybe hedging a little bit. You know, maybe putting a small bet on Buffalo just to ensure that I'm winning something. But um, that's why I'm kind of staying away from San Fran because I already have them invested in the bowl. So there's no real reason to kind of double down on them right now. Just kind of wait and see what happens with them. But um, if you had to bet a futures on the, like, I guess, uh, let's say, let's say this, uh, a future prop bet, period. It could be anything in the, in the big game, AFC or NFC side. What would you bet right now? In the big game? The big game. Any bet. AFC or NFC side, I would go. Like, what do you look for when you look at props when you're for the Super I would Bowl? Go, I always, I love going rushing yards and receptions to running backs because teams are very tight in the first half of Super Bowls. See, like I, I, like I won the cat. Remember the the Clyde Edwards Hilaire bet I won a couple years back. It was That's so right. easy. Oh yeah. Like you can, yeah. Like, there's always like receptions. I love running back rushing over because teams lean on that in the first half of these games, and the totals are pretty – they're always low. So I'm 
Arizona, I'm going CMC so hard on whatever his pops are in the first half for over receptions and over in rushing yards. Um, those would be the ones I lean heavy on. Austin Knox anytime touchdown, especially if they're against Dallas. I think <laughs> Dallas is more prone to um, having a tight end beat them. I mean, they got good. They got good cornerbacks that can cover the wide receivers. But I mean, when you think of the linebacking crew, you just think of edge rushers. You don't really think of coverage linebackers. I like it. Yeah, I I kind of look at. Um the run defenses of both teams in the game. So for example, like if it was Buffalo and San Fran, both of them have a top five run defense DVOA rating. So you have to assume if they're shutting down the run, they're going to pass the ball more. The clock is not going to be running as much. So you look more to, you know, over with receiving yards over with receptions. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, if you're looking at Stefan Diggs or, players like Debo, I'm looking at their reception totals and see where that's at, see if you can get an advantage there. Because, uh, you know, these books are kind of exposed with the big game. There's so many – you pretty much bet on anything in the Super Bowl, right? So there has to be some sort of advantage that we could find. But I kind of look to that for just the run defenses to see, is it going to be more of a passing game or is it going to be more of a grind-out type game, lower-scoring game? So um, we will see what happens. But uh, lots of football to be played before the Super Bowl, but uh, we got our picks in for the wild card round. We have our updated uh, Super Bowl predictions, and then if you guys don't have anything else to add, uh, we will call it a night and see you guys next week. Purple Gatorade prop bet also. Oh! What was it, what was it last year? Was it blue? I don't remember. I'm blue, da-ba-dee-da-ba-da. Just don't, have, uh, just don't have too much money on the bowl where you're carrying a Bible around back and forth, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. <laughs> Why Momo Dakiai. Love it. Good times. I'm glad he's doing okay. He definitely <laughs> crawled out of the hole he was digging for himself. So, very happy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, that'll be it for us uh, with Bet with Chet, and we will see you next week for the divisional round of the NFL. See you later. 